Well, today is a really special day, and I, I can't believe it's the 20th anniversary uh, of, of such a horrific attack that happened here in America that changed really the world, not just America, but really people all over the world. And I'll never forget where I was. I bet you remember where you were when it happened uh, as well. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, always be thankful. And that's really what today is about, is we just want to stop and be thankful for the men and women who look out for us every single day and protect us. And so many of them lost their lives all at once, you know, that fateful day 20 years ago. But it still happens every day that someone lays their life on the line to protect us, whether it be law enforcement, emergency services, fire personnel. Um, they run in buildings we're trying to get out of. They run into harm's way while we're trying to run out of harm's way. And we're so grateful for them. So right now, I just want to ask if you are currently in fire personnel, law enforcement, or emergency service personnel, would you please stand to your feet at all of our campuses if you're involved in any of that? If you currently serve, would you please stand? We just want to take a moment to honor you. Please stand if you would. We want to say thank you for all that you do. You are heroes to us. And we are grateful for you. Thank you so much for the impact you make every single day. The Bible is very clear that you, there are heroes among us. It says in Psalms 82, it says, Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. And today's message is really simple. It's called Never Forget. And the first thing I want to tell you today is that we must never forget the sacrifices made for us because so many people do sacrifice, have sacrificed and do sacrifice for us. And we are so incredibly grateful. One of our staff members, actually, uh, Christina Brindling, she grew up in New York. She lived in Long Island and she remembers that fateful day. Check this out. I'm Christina and I've been at Church Unlimited for a little over three years. I grew up on Long Island, New York, just miles outside of New York City. The morning of 9-11, I woke up. My sister and I were rushing around the house getting ready for school. We thought it was just going to be an ordinary day, but that's not what happened on 9-11. It was second period. I was in English class. I remember my teacher walking out into the hallway, whispering with some of the other teachers. And when my teacher walked back in, we could just see on her face. You could just see the look of um, distraught. And as she walked to the window, I just looked up and I could see smoke fill the, the sky and you just saw clouds of darkness appear. And she opened the window actually. And when she did open the window, you could smell the smoke coming into our classroom and she closed it fairly quickly, but you just knew it was something close to us. And the news did come on in that moment. So we watched the second tower get hit and I just felt um, total disbelief, despair. I, I didn't know what it would mean for America, but I knew America was gonna be different. Right after our principal made the announcement, you know what, everybody go home. My sister and I found each other in the hallway. We walked out of school together. As we walked down the block, we walked with hundreds of other kids. 
as we were all walking, everybody was just having these tearful conversations because nobody could get a hold of their parents. We all didn't know whose parents were going to come back, whose weren't going to come back. They went from this lighthearted, normal day to suddenly we were mature and different than when we came in that day. We had to be. So we got to my brother's elementary school, and the four of us walked home. Um, when my mom walked in that evening, that was the first time we spoke to her all day. And I just remember sobbing and hugging her, and I just felt so much relief in that moment. You know, she was safe, she was back, we were all together. And I almost felt like I never wanted her to leave again. So my dad came home in the middle of the night. He was able to make it home. And as soon as we heard the front door open, all four of us ran out of bed and went and hugged him. And um, that was when our family was actually united and all six of us were back together again. So my mom's boss actually lost her three sons that day. They were all firefighters. And she lost them at different points in the day, but they were, um, they went in to go and help the World Trade Center and all of them died that day. So I know her life changed forever. And honestly, she was never the same. You can just see on her every day, the heaviness, the burden of losing a family member, let alone three sons. All of America rallied around New York that day, but the true heroes are really the police officers and the first responders and the firefighters that walked into the situation. They didn't have to be brave that day. They didn't have to risk their life that day. They knew going into it that they might not come out alive. And they were willing to lay their life down for their brothers and sisters who were inside the World Trade Center, who were trapped, who were inside of um, the rubble that was around the World Trade Center. And they risked everything to go and save the one person. And I think about the thousands and thousands of firefighters who were doing that, the thousands and thousands of police officers who literally drove their cars up that day, not knowing if they would um, get to drive their cars home to see their own kids, their own family. But to rescue one person was everything to them. They risked their lives every day for us. And they do it with such beautiful hearts and so much selflessness. Amazing. So last year, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we still feel like we are. Uh, we're kind of getting out of it now, but it's still going on. And I remember they announced it was the 19th year. And I thought, wow, I mean, that just is crazy. That's already been 19 years. And next year's year 20. I can't believe it's it's actually here. And, and, you know, we've always at Church Unlimited absolutely loved our officers and, and, and loved our fire personnel and, and those who, who handle emergency services for us. And so I just had this crazy idea. I thought it'd be really cool if on the 20th anniversary we could really just do something special. I thought, what could, what could we do that'd be, that'd be really powerful? And so I had that thought and, and uh, you know, just just to be honest, just to give you a little inside before, before I tell you what we kind of put together, um, here at Church Unlimited, we, we've had the honor of being a, a part of a lot of funerals for people who died in the line of duty, whether that be uh, fire personnel, uh, emergency workers, or our police department. 
uh, departments, I should say. Um, and, and so we, we've been a part of a lot of those funerals, and some of those are, very, they're always very large whenever, whenever that happens, and, and it's, it's a tragedy. But we, we've always told our police chiefs, fire, fire chiefs, mayor and so forth, just whatever you need, the answer is yes. We've just always done that, and so I love that about our church. And so there's been multiple times over the, the last few years even that there's just this whole room, this auditorium has just been full of officers, all in their dress blues and, and um, family, and, and the whole community comes out, and there's news here. I mean, it's just a huge ordeal, as it should be when someone dies. And, and, and as powerful as that is, and, and, and when the funeral is over and the, the city dignitaries and council and mayor and you know, all these different people with different departments, as they're all filing out and the police officers line um, the street uh, for, for us to, to, to bring the casket of the one who gave their, their life in, in the service of their duty, before all that happens and they do the last call, which is incredibly emotional if you've ever been a part of that. Uh, they do it over the radio. It's just, it's incredibly emotional. Before all that happens, when, when everyone files out and all the offices are out and the news is outside and they're all preparing for that, I'm in here with just a, a wife and a couple of children. And it's the most horrific thing in that moment when they have to close the casket because it's like this reality hits them that they will never physically see them again. And as they're low in their casket, I can't tell you how many times I've heard wailing that you just can't describe it unless you've heard it. That much pain in a wife or a mother's voice, it's overwhelming. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because that's what's actually happening when someone dies in the line of duty, is that children are saying goodbye to their mother or father forever. A spouse is saying goodbye forever, and that, that there, there's no take-backs. That's why I think it's so important that we honor these men and women who put their lives on the line because at any moment that could be them. That could be their family. So last year I had this idea. I thought, what can we do? Can we honor somehow those who look out for us every day? And about four or five months ago, we gathered some, some staff members and then some volunteers who said, we got this crazy idea. What if we could just fill a bag with goodies, just, just gifts, not, not coupons, but, but gifts. This isn't like a 20% off if you buy this or that. No, that's, you can get that in the paper, but it's just absolute just gifts, freebies. Just take it. It's three years for free. From an oil change to tickets to a book to, uh, to a free meal to just anything, free services. So we just kind of put it out there, and we put it out to the vendors that, that own businesses or their decision makers in businesses that go to our church. And I thought it'd be really great if we could figure out how much personnel there is in all of our different churches and all different locations. We figured out it was about 1,200 bags would be required to really do this right tour. Everyone in the police department, everyone in the fire department, everyone in emergency services, they all get a bag. So I thought, man, it'd be really great if we could put, you know, $100 worth of goodies or maybe $200 of goodies. So I did the math and that'd be like, you know, maybe, you know, $200,000 worth of, worth of free freebies. Well, 
you guys blow my mind again. And I thought that's what it was going to be. But just you guys kept pouring on the generosity after generosity, week after week, just kept building and building. And, and because of what you're doing, every single person that takes a bag today, each family will have over $500 worth of, give, of, of, of gifts. And so Church Unlimited, I'm so proud of you, of what you guys have done. You guys, I don't know why I underestimated you, blow me away. This weekend, you will be giving a value to officers and first responders of $1 million. Unbelievable. I'm so proud to be a part of that. So I want to I put up on the screen, no one asked for this, but I wanted to do it. I want to put up on the screen the vendors, the individuals who gave, so you can see these companies, these individuals, and I hope you support their business. I please do. They did not do this for this. We did not go about and say, we're going to advertise you. We did not do it. No one did it for that, but we collected names so that we could tell you, thank you, and also we wanted our church to see those businesses who put their money where their mouth is and said, no, we want to be a part of that. We want to do something. There are national businesses up there. There are national franchises. There's also individual mom and pop shops. Everything from, I can't do this for all the bags, but I can do it for 10 bags, to we did something for every single bag, every single family. It was just amazing how you came through and we're excited if you're a first responder. All you need to do is tell us, give us a, give us a, a department that you work in and where you work and give us your name, that's it. And on the way in or out of church today, that bag is yours, one per family. Let me also say this, those of you who say, but what about all those officers, all those fire personnel, emergency services workers who aren't here? I've got great news for you. Anyone who doesn't come today, we tomorrow are taking their bags to the stations and they're still going to get it. So we love doing that. So again, praise God for his goodness and that he's being glorified and that someone is getting a well-deserved thank you. And so we are grateful to be able to do that. So I just want to jump right back in if I can. We're very excited to be able to do that. And again, I want to thank our people for making that possible. You guys just blow my mind. Now, don't be confused. I don't want some officer to be like, I'm going to get a bag with a million dollars. No, no, no. It's, that's dispersed <laughs> among all the bags. <laughs> I wish that was the case. That'd be really great. I mean, our attendance would be quite high if we did that, by the way. So that'd be amazing. But maybe next year. I don't know. But uh, we want to say again, thank you, and, and uh, we are excited about doing that for you guys. It says in Scripture in Romans chapter 13, it says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you, live, would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants and sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Now, before we go any further, I know we're talking about all emergency personnel and all first responders, but I want to speak very specifically right now on this point to, to those who are our law enforcement. Did you know that right now, all in the Middle East, whether you're in Pakistan or Syria or Iran or Iraq, they have very similar laws to us. It is against the law to steal, it is against the law to murder, it is against the law to rape, to pillage. All those things are against the law over there. But the reason why they all have that still happening in mass and we don't is because of law enforcement. It's not laws that protect us, it's law enforcement. If there's no enforcement, there's lawlessness. 
So I just want to say, I know in the last 18 months, a lot of people have, have been big time critics publicly of our law enforcement. I want to tell you something I know about law enforcement. I know a lot of people that serve. And I will tell you this, they are more angry at the less than 1% who are bad than you are. Because 99.9% .9 of those who signed up, as my friend, Assistant Chief Todd Green said, 99% or more of us that signed up for this job signed up because we love people, because we want to protect people, because we're there to serve them. We're not trying to lord it over anyone. And so I just want to tell you that if you are against officers, that's a sign you're against law. And the truth is, is that I don't have pity for that because we need to protect ourselves from people like that. All the places where these movements are happening around the country have lawlessness going through the roof and it's dangerous. I, for one, think we should stop and stand up and say for what is right. And that is that we need to back the blue, support law enforcement. We are grateful for you. Thank God for you. The Bible is very clear in this. We are willingly honor and submit to those in authority over us. I was talking to an officer last week and he said when he was just a kid, he saw 9-11 happen and he was just a little boy watching the TV. When he saw all those officers running around protecting and helping people, he said, that was the day I said to my mom, I'm going to be a police officer one day. That's the day he received his calling from God to do what he does is because he saw so many people become heroes and said, I want to be one of them. What a wonderful day. Because in our darkest moments is often our brightest moments when we see real heroes emerge, and that certainly is the case. There was a story in 2001 right after the events of 9-11 happened. People began to tell their stories about being trapped and people coming and helping them out of the World Trade Centers or being trapped in the Pentagon or, or wherever the case may be because we were under attack in multiple locations. In fact, this morning I just read the, the uh, transcript where Todd Beamer called, he was an officer, I'm sorry, he was a, a, just a, a regular guy on a flight, 93, out of Newark, and he realized what was going on. He found an emergency phone in the back of the plane, snuck to it, called, and they patched him through to the FBI who explained what's going on. And you can see in the phone call, there's actually an audible version. You can actually listen to the audio. It's, it's just incredibly painful to listen to. But I just read it and just about wept because you can see in the phone call when he realizes he's not going to get off this flight. Like he has that moment to realize this is it. And then in that moment, you see him shift from, I'm not going to live, to I need to take this flight down. And in him and a handful of other heroes that we don't know their names, but one day we will, gave their life to protect us. And that plane was headed toward the White House. I mean, we're, we're really thankful that there's not a picture, an image of the White House with a plane in the middle of it, because it could have happened but because a handful of people were heroes and, and stopped that from happening. I was listening to that and other stories. And one of the stories that emerged, if you go to the 9-11 Memorial, if you have not gone, it's, it's, it's worth going. If you ever go to New York sometime in between getting a t-shirt and some pizza, make sure you go by there. It's, an, it's incredible. And I remember going, and, and this is before they had the museum open, but now there's a museum you can go through as well. But the memorial is amazing. But I hear at the museum, you can go in and there's, there's one particular spot in the museum where there's this red bandana because what emerged was this story that multiple people had, they, that they actually wrote about this in the New York Times uh, just a little while after the events occurred. They said multiple people said, well, we were trapped and on the mezzanine in the World Trade Center and we didn't know how to get out. And then we heard some young guy showed up with a really calm voice, 20 something years old, with a red bandana over his face saying, follow me, I'll get you out. 
And so we followed him. And this story was repeated by multiple people. He kept coming back in, getting more people and taking them out. And finally, someone wrote a story about the New York Times and said, the guy with the red bandana, they didn't know his name. The mother of that young man read the story and lost it and called the New York Times and said, I know that was my son. Because ever since this young man, he's 24, he was a volunteer fireman since he was a boy. His name's Wells Crowther. He had a red bandana all the time. And he carried it with him. He played college ball. And after college, he, he always dreamed of being a fireman. In fact, he dressed up like a fireman when he was in high school. And eventually he became a volunteer fireman. He was near the World Trade Center when it happened. And he immediately just kicked into gear and ran in to help people. He even called his mother and said, hey, mom, I'm okay, but I'm going to help people. But he just kept going back in and kept going back in. And finally that building came down on him. 18 people got out because of that young man, that 24-year-old volunteer fireman. Rescued 18 people. He sacrificed his life. And that sounds a lot like another story I know in the Bible of someone who sacrificed his life for all of us. Just like that red bandana, just like the red on our striped flag represents the bloodshed, Christ gave his life for us. In fact, all great, powerful stories are always around someone sacrificing themselves for others. Scripture says it this way. Hebrews 10, it says, by his one sacrifice, he is forever set free from sin, the people he brings to God. In John 15, Jesus actually said this. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So if you're keeping notes, the third thing I want to tell you today is we must never forget the sacrifice Jesus made for us. I need to tell you something. There's been a lot of division in our country. It's still a mess, let's be honest. I mean, it is, people are angry. People are angry about Afghanistan now. People are tired, they're frustrated, and there are all kinds of opinions, and we all have different ones. And we could argue till we're blue in the face, and many people are online and on TV, and it seems like the news nowadays is really not news, it's just two people bickering back and forth on both sides of the same issue. But I just want to let you in on something. The truth is, is that we will not answer our world's woes, our differences with politics. Because in the last 20 years, whatever side you're on, at one point, you had all three offices of power, whichever side you're on. At one point, the left had the White House, Congress, and the Senate. They had all of it. And at another point, the right had the White House, Congress, and Senate. And I think we still had problems. It did not solve all of our problems. People say, well, politics is the answer. No, it's not. As much as you have an opinion, and I do too, and we think our opinions are right, it will not solve our problems. Education also will not solve our problems. If it would, wires are still crime on college campuses if education was the answer. So the truth is this, is that none of that will solve our woes. But look what God said in 2 Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wrong ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. 
The answer to our divisions, to our pain, to our country's ills is not gonna be found in government solutions, politics, or education. It's gonna be found in Christ alone. Martin Luther King knew this, George Washington knew this, Abraham Lincoln knows this, and we all know this too. We need God back in our country. That is the solution to our problems. And until we recognize that, we will continue to fight. The truth is, is I don't have to agree with you on everything, but I do have to love you. I am called by God to love you unconditionally and be kind to you and to understand the perspective that you're coming from. That's what brings healing. Not everyone agreeing. That's the beauty of our nation is we don't all have to agree, but we can still learn to have unity together. Don't confuse unity with uniformity. We don't all have to be on the same page, but we can choose to love one another. There's this amazing picture that emerged from the World Trade Center. You know, not just two buildings went down, but seven buildings went down actually at the World Trade Center. I don't know if you know that. Over 15 million square feet came down crashing. It was incredible. In fact, the, the two Twin Towers alone, each of them was its own zip code. That's how large they were. And it all came crashing down. But what was amazing is that when all of those buildings came crashing down, there was one building in the middle of them that stood, that never fell. I want to show you a picture of that one building. It's St. Paul's Chapel. It was like Jesus was trying to give us a message that when all hell is raining down, stand. Don't back down. Stand your ground. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I want to encourage you today, the message, if I could bring it all down to this, it would be this. I know you've been through a lot. I know it's been a tough year and a half for everyone. I mean, all the stats are horrible right now. Crime through the roof, suicide, depression, cutting, all kinds of horrible things, divorce, everything. It's just all the numbers are up in the wrong direction. But I want to just tell you, I believe that God brought me here today. God brought you here today for me to tell you that when everything is falling apart, you stand. When everyone is talking negative, you be positive. You stand and you stay faithful in the middle of all this because God is still in control. I want to encourage you today that no matter what's going on in your life, there is a God who is still there and he still loves you. And he had you born in this time because he knows you do have the strength to overcome this. You do have the ability to stand tall and say, I don't care what's happening in my life. I will stay faithful to God. I will believe his word. I will stick by him because there's enough of us to do the right thing. I don't know what's happening in your life, but I believe God brought you here today because he wants me to fill you with the hope of Jesus. He is a hope. There is hope, and his name is Jesus. I want to show you a scripture. It says this in 1 Samuel 2. It says, he rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope. Oh, is that a verse we needed today or what? He rekindles us, not just with hope, with fresh hope, restoring dignity and respect to their lives. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to tell you something. God sees you. You may say, no, I'm not a first responder. I, I, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, and I'm worn out from just trying to raise these kids. Guess what? God sees that. He's saying, I see you, and I know you're being faithful, and you're not just raising kids. You're raising the next generation to change the world. And he sees you. 
You see, Pastor, I've been going through a lot. You know, the Bible says that he, that God stores your tears in a bottle. He says, I see the pain you're in. I see you and I'm there for you. Next week, we're starting a series called You're Not Alone. Just so you'll know that God is with you. I believe that God brought you here today to say, don't give up. Instead, lean on him. Go to him. Get some fresh hope today in Christ because he is there for you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to tell you, it's not over. God's not through. The story is still being written and you may be in a tough season, but you're going to come out of that season because there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is God coming through for you. He is there for you right now. He is. Scripture says this, Isaiah 53 says this, Jesus was wounded for the wrong we did. He was crushed for the evil we did. The punishment which made us well was given to him and we are healed because of his wounds. It's as if we started a mess, we started a fire and we get to leave the building we started in and Jesus goes in and he instead sits in the middle of it and the building from our sin comes down on him. He gave his life for us. Christ took the burden of our sins. That's what he did for you and for me. And so today, the message is really simple. Find hope today in Christ. Maybe you are a first responder and you're always there for everyone else and you say, who is here for me? Jesus is. He's here for you in your darkest moments. He's there in the middle of your despair, in the middle of a difficult marriage, in the middle of a difficult divorce or season of life you're in, in the middle of your depression. Jesus is there for you. Just call out to him. The Bible is very clear. It says in Luke 19, the son of man came to seek and to save. He wants to help you in your time of need right now. Would you pray with me right now across all of our churches? Just bow your heads. Those who are watching online, just, just bow your head right now. Maybe you need to call out to God. Maybe you just need him today. Maybe you're just going through it and you don't know what to do next. I got great news for you. You don't have to know what to do next. You can just know who to go to next. And that's where Jesus comes in. You can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. It's not complicated. You can pray this prayer with me right now. We're gonna pray it out loud together. You can receive Christ right now. Just say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed across all of our churches right now, if you just received Christ, no one's looking around. If you just received Christ, would you just slip your hand in the air right now? If you just gave your life to Jesus, just lift your hand high. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses right now. If you just, just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high right now. All of our churches right now. We see those hands at Stone Oak. We see those hands at Rodfield. Praise God. We see your hand online. Online right now. You can put it in the text of chat. Just say, my hand's raised. Just, just text that right now. If you're at churchunlimited.com, you can just click hand raised. Just hold your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, you're not alone. We see those hands at Prodger Island. We see those hands at Rockport. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. All the way in the back. Praise God. Many people have given their lives to Christ right now. Get some fresh hope in Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We thank you for your decision to follow Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the truth is that you are our hero and all of the other heroes simply are following your lead. You gave your life for us. You sacrificed it all. You chose to come to this earth just to give your life for us. And then you rose again. And we thank you for that. Lord, we do thank you for a day that we can celebrate you.
And we thank you for a day that we can celebrate all those who serve us in our communities. What an honor it is to do that. We pray you bless them and their families. And Lord, today we remember we will never forget those who look out for us, those who have sacrificed so much. Thank you, Jesus, for those who care for us. And thank you that you care for us and you meet our need. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.